All right, Shabbos, good morning. Let us begin. Thank our sponsors, our Tamil Torah sponsors for the month of Adar, Paul and Kathy Pollock, for dedicating all the Shirman Joshua's this month in memory of Paul's grandparents, Dina Bas Pesach and Zachariah Ben Zachariah. We thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Maishin Chavi Abramson, for dedicating Ivey Parak of Arve Psachim in the Schuss of Rafushlema for Daniel Meyer Ben Chana. And to thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Bob and Lynn Dushevsky, wishing their daughter, Lila Baron, Lila Esther Bas Batyo, a speedy recovery and a long life. We hope that in the merit of our talent Torah, all of the Nishamas will have an Aliyah, and Lila Esther Bas Basia, together with Kol Chol Yisrael, will have a complete and enduring refuah. But say with that, let us begin. So an incredible daf, another incredible daf out of us today. Today's daf is Kuf Aleph One Hundred One, and we are picking up on the bottom of Kuf Amid Beis One Hundred B. Three lines up from the bottom. Oh, somebody, Adam Shikitshu Beisagna. So what's there a lot to do today? So when you make kiddish and shul, literally translated, those individuals who make kiddish and shul. And I will say what the Gemara is describing is exactly the scene that, that unfolds in many shuls throughout the world on Friday night, which is kiddish is made at the end of davening. So what's the status or what's the impact of that Kiddush? So here we have a tremendous Machlokis Rav and Shmuel. So Rashi says over here, and Rashi says, I'm sorry, the Rashbam says, Kishikitshu Beisakneses, who Kiddush Shemekadish Liach Tzibor Belele Shabbos. So Yom Tov Beisakneses, this is the Kiddush that the Chazan makes at the end of Davening on Shabbos and Yom Tiv. So what is the impact of that Kiddush? Rav Amar, Yedeyayin Lo Yotzi Yedey Kiddush Yotzi. So also let's work backwards. Rav says, Yo Yotze Kiddush. Yotze Kiddush. When you listen to that Kiddush inside of Shul, you're actually Yotze Kiddush, but you're not Yotze the Bracha of wine. Now, what does that mean practically? Take a look at the Rashbam again. Yedei Kiddush Yatza. Afa pi shaloshasu. Now, I'll say, according to Rav, there's two Chidushim. Number one, you didn't drink of the wine. You, you being, I'll say, again, I'm not, we'll call Ruvain's the Shriach Tiba. Ruvain's the Chazin. At the end of Davening, Ruvain's making Kiddush in Shul. So Rav says, I have fulfilled my obligation of Kiddush. So when I go home, I don't have to make Kiddush again. I've heard Kiddush, I'm Yotze. There's a couple of interesting facets about this. Number one, even though I didn't drink. So Rav says, first of all, that, and everybody agrees, Halacha Lamais, in order to be Yotze Kiddush, you don't have to drink from the wine. Drinking from nurse, the Mevarech, the person making the Bracha, or someone else who's participating in the Kiddush, someone has to drink. But not everyone has to drink. This is very important. We know this halacha lemaisa. So you want to share the wine after you make Kiddush on Shabbos. That's fine. But what, and again, it's, it's good. It's definitely preferable. But one is not obligated to do so. As long as the mavarech, as long as the person making the bracha, or for that matter, even if it's not the mavarech, but one of the people being Yotzi with Kiddush drinks of the wine, that, that is satisfactory from my Allahic perspective. So Rav says, you're Yotze Kiddush and Shul, even though you're not drinking of it, but that's not the Kiddush. But we'll say, what's the real, what's the real Kiddush? Rav doesn't require Kiddush B'makom Suda. This is going to be our topic that we're going to get into now. So remember again, there's a concept ultimately again of, kid, does Kiddush have to be where you're having your meal or not? Which I will say is really part of a much more Yisodistic Machlok, yes? As to what is the identity of Kiddush? Is Kiddush a stand-alone mitzvah on Shabbos? Or is Kiddush a part of the mitzvah of Su'udos Shabbos? And this goes back to what we spoke about yesterday. We'll say, why do you have to eat Poris Mapo Makadish when you go ahead? When you go ahead, ultimately again, and are eating Friday going into Shabbos. Why do you have to eat Poris Mapo Makadish? Remember again, what's the logic behind that? Why? Why? To show, to separate. But remember, more importantly, what are you doing? What are you doing? 
You want to show that why are you having this meal? Because of Shabbos. How do you show that you're having a meal because of because of Shabbos? But only by first having Kiddush there. Remember, that's why ideally there's no food on the table. I make Kiddush, then the food is brought out. That shows that the meal is coming. So that, that according to that approach, there's kind of Kiddush Ramakam Suda. That Kiddush shows that the meal is a Shabbos meal. So Rav holds, Rav doesn't hold the Kiddush Ramakam Suda. Rav says, there's just the mitzvah of Kiddush. You can make Kiddush wherever you want and then have your Suda. Therefore, Rav says, when you hear Kiddush in Shul, your Yodzei Kiddush, but interesting enough, Yedeyayin lo yatsu. Now, what does that mean? Look at the Rashbam. Yedeyayin lo yatsu. She im yeshlam bebeisam lishtos chayavan lavari parapri agafen. And Rashbam goes on, he says, Me'achar she'akrum im koman tavale hesachadas. So we'll say, Rav says, however, if you hear Kiddush in Shul, your Yod say Kiddush. So when you go home, you don't have to make Kiddush again. However, if you want to drink more wine when you get home, you do have to make another bracha. Why? Because since you switched locations, switching locations for bracha purposes is what's called hesechadas, a lapse of awareness. And in brachos, whenever you have a lapse of awareness, that generates an obligation for another bracha. So I'll say, so this is the position of Rav. Shmuel comes along, Shmuel on our top of Kofalif, Afkidei Kiddush lo yatsu. Shmuel says, no, not true. Even Kiddush, you're not Yotze. So Shmuel says, not only. So Shmuel says, you're not, you're not Yotze Kiddush. Because remember again, why not? Because according to Shmuel, you require what? Kiddush b'makom suda. And therefore again, when I'm listening to Kiddush and Shul, I'm not having my suda and Shul. So therefore, I'm not Yotze Kiddush. And I'm, of course, I'm not Yotze Yayin. That if I want to drink more wine when I get home, of course I have to make another bracha. So says the Gemara El Rav, so according to Rav, who also will say fundamental machlokes between Rav and Shmuel, what do you accomplish with Kiddush in Shul? According to Rav, your Yotze Kiddush, you don't have to make Kiddush when you go back home, but if you want to drink more wine when you get home, you have to do so. Why? But say very important, Rav holds, Ein Kiddush b'makom suda. You don't need Kiddush where you eat. Therefore, Yotze Kiddush in Shul. However, Rav holds, Hesachadas by brachas. When you have a change in geography, that by definition goes ahead, or change in location. That by definition creates a lapse of awareness. Lapse of awareness requires another bracha. Shmuel holds, Kiddush and Shul pretty much does nothing for you. So when you get home, you have to make Kiddush again. And of course, you have to make another bracha if you want to drink more wine. El Rav, they say, so according to Rav, if you're Yotzei Kiddush at home, I'm sorry, if you Yotzei Kiddush and Shul, why do you have to make Kiddush when you get home again? Oh, Kadei Banavu Beso. Both say it's very simple. In order to be motzi, my family, because I was in shul, but bepashtos, my family wasn't in shul. So therefore, I go ahead and I make kiddush when I get home to be motzi. Both remember again the interesting part by kiddush is that halacha you can make kiddush as many times as you want over the course of Shabbos to be motzi people. There are some people that are very machmir on this and make kiddush as many times as they can over the course of Shabbos. So both say so again. So therefore, according to Rav, even though I who daven in shul am yotzei kiddush. When I get home, my family has not heard Kiddush, has not heard Kiddush, so I make Kiddush again to be Motzi them. So according to Shmuel, why do I make Kiddush and Shul? So according to Shmuel, Kiddush and Shul, what, what does it do for me? It doesn't really do anything for me. I'm not Yotze Kiddush, 
right? And I'm also certainly, when I go home, I have to make, when I was to say, I remember again, once I'm not Yotze Kiddush, so it's obvious then that I'm not Yotze Yideyayin, right? Of course, when I go home, I have to make another bracha on wine. So according to Shmuel, what does Kiddush and Shul accomplish? This is fascinating. To go ahead and take care of the visitors who are staying in the Shul to eat and drink and sleep in the shul. And I will say, what the Gemara is describing over here is, shuls used to have like a hachnasas archim area, hachnasas archim room. So people, visitors, who didn't know anyone in town would stay in the shul. Tosas points out, doesn't literally mean in the shul, because there's a halacha of not really having like a meal, and certainly not sleeping in a shul. So it means in like a room, you know, in a room, in a guest room, as part of the shul. So according to shul, I will say, the reason we make Kiddush on Shabbos in shul is because of people who were staying in the shul. It doesn't really do anything for those of us who are going home. Because when you go home, you're going to have to go ahead and make Kiddush again. But it goes ahead and it helps the guests. So we'll say, let's talk about this for just a moment. Well, let, let's, let's, let's talk about this for just a moment. So we'll say, so we know, we know already how we paskin with this. We paskin about Yesh Kiddush B'Makom Suda, right? We paskin that Halacha Lamaisa, you have to make Kiddush where you are eating. That's how we paskin. So we, which then leads to a fundamental question as to why we go ahead and make Kiddush in Shul. So the Gemara says, according to Shmuel, the holds that Yesh Kiddush B'Makom Suda, we make Kiddush in Shul for the guests. And in fact, Rabbi said, listen to this. The Shulchan Aruch and Simen Reish Samech this is incredibly important, writes, we make Kiddush today in Shul. We make Kiddush in Shul today. Right? I shouldn't say the truth is we actually here don't make Kiddush in Shul on Shabbos night. But I will say, but again, but many Shuls, many Shuls do make Kiddush on Friday night in Shul. So what do you do? So remember again, if the Chazan makes Kiddush, what's the problem now? The Chazan can't drink it. Why can't the Chazan drink it? I can't the drink it. Because it's in Kiddush Rakam Suda. Also, we're going to get into this right now. In Kiddush Rakam Suda also means if you know that you're not having Suda somewhere, you can't make Kiddush. In other words, we're going to get into this. Now, remember, Suda doesn't have to mean where you wash. But what it means is you just can't stand make Kiddush if you can't fulfill the mitzvah of Kiddush from Suda. So therefore, again, if the Chazid is making Kiddush in Shul, what is he supposed to do? He can't drink it because that's not Makom Suda for him. So what do we do? You give the wine or the, the grape juice to a katan. Then Kiddush ala Makom Suda. And the Shulchan Aruch Mamish adapts the position of Shmuel. The only reason we made Kiddush and Shul, the reason why this concept came about, was because of guests who used to stay in the Shul. And even though now, today, it's rare to find guests who stay in the Shul, this is very interesting. The Takana of Kiddush and Shul kind of has remained. So what Sir Ravaggio Yosef says, you know he equates making Kiddush and Shul to, you know what he equates it to? It's fascinating. He says, it's like Aleinu. <laughs> That's what he says. It's what does it mean? It's like Aleinu. In other words, that essentially what's kind of ended up happening is Kiddush and Shul on Friday night has kind of become like a chilek of tefillah. 
It's like a chilek of tefillah. It's not real kiddush. We, we know it's not real kiddush. It can't be real kiddush because kiddush b'makom suda, right? So we'll go ahead. We'll make the adult will make kiddush, give it to a kata to drink, and it's kind of just part of davening. So I just want to point out the mechaber himself says that halacha l'maisa, halacha l'maisa, the minag is not to make kiddush in shul anymore. That is the mechaber. That is the mechaber, and he says that is the minag of Eretz Yisrael. Now the Ramah says haga v'nagu lamod b'shashem ekachem beisaknesas. So the Ramah seems to indicate that the minog is to go ahead and still make Kiddush in Shul on Shabbos. But he says the minog is... Oh, say, by the way, I, I want to be clear. We're not talking about Shabbos day where you make Kiddush in Shul because there's a Kiddush in Shul. That's Kiddush Malcolm Sudha. We're talking Friday night. Friday night where you're making Kiddush at the end of Davin and then everybody's going home. So again, the, the Iker Takana was according to Shul because of guests in the Shul. The Mechaber says, we don't do this anymore. Ravaj Yosef, interestingly enough, says those who do it continue to do it because it just morphed into Chilik of Tefillah. And the Ramah says, the Ramah seems to indicate that the Minog is still in fact to go out and make Kiddush on Friday night. Just as an aside, interestingly enough, the Mishnah Buddha says, so what happens if your minag is to make Kiddush and there is no katan in shul? There's no katan in shul. So I'll say, take something amazing, you know, if you think about this, you'll think to yourself, how can you ever have a situation where there's not a katan in shul? So the truth is, it could be in an older community, but you know, if you think about it, it's fascinating that we went through a tekufa, we went through a time period where there were no children in shul. And I, I, I marvel at this now, like especially Purim, it was so great. And, and now you see more children back in shul. That noise, that noise, which, you know, we took for granted all these years. So the Mishnah Buddha says, so what happens if there's no cotton in shul? So this is fascinating. If there's no cotton in shul, assuming that the minog in the shul is to still make Yiddish, an adult should make Yiddish, and he should drink an extra revius of wine. So I will say, we'll go, again, I don't know how much we'll get into this, but we'll see that there are different definitions of Suda. Some people have a liquid Suda. There are many people who have liquid Suda, especially Shabbos during the Aftorah. And so we'll say, so, so, so again, so, so a liquid Suda is constituted by a revius of wine. So if you drink an extra, this is actually very important because even if you're making Kiddush somewhere, and let's say there's no Mazonos, so you need to have Kiddush and Makam Suda. How do you have Kiddush Makam Suda? An extra revius of wine. One extra revius of wine represents suuda. So the Mishnah Bura therefore says, if the minig in your shul is to go ahead and make Kiddush Friday night, and there is no katan, there's only an adult who's making, that's it, the Shriach is making Kiddush, he should dafka drink an additional revius of wine, that way from his Kiddush Malcolm Suda. Good. So we'll say, let's go back there. Says, there's a lot, a lot more to say about this, but we're already not going to finish the daf, so we'll focus back here. So it says the Gemara. Vazah Shmuel Tamei. So we'll say back to the Gemara. So Shmuel goes according to his reasoning. Damar Shmuel, ain't Kiddush on Malcolm Suda. So we'll say, because remember again, Shmuel holds this halach alamai. So you need Kiddush where you eat. Therefore, Kiddush in Shul on Friday night, is, you shouldn't do it because it's not a Malcolm Suda. So now watch this. So we'll say, now the Gemara is going to say, by the way, what does that mean, Kiddush b'makom su'uda? What, what, what does that mean? Savar minei, hani mili mi bayis l'bayis. So we'll say, I would assume that what Shmuel means is like this. You can't make Kiddush in one house and go, and, and go ahead and, and go ahead and eat in a different house. We have a dramatic change of location. However, but, but however, again, maybe 
So what about, let's say, going from the one floor to another floor in the same home? So Bipashtas, I would assume that's called Mako Musuda. What's right? I want to go ahead and make Kiddush on my rooftop terrace and then go ahead and eat in my dining room. Bipashtas, I would think that Shmuel would hold that that's okay. Why? Because all of that is unfolding where? Within the confines of the same home. However, the Gemara says, Amrudu Ravana Bar Tachlifa, no. Zimnin Sagiyin, Hava Ka'imna Kamei de Shmuel. There are many times that I was with Shmuel on Shabbos. V'noches me'igra la'ara, and he would go literally again, me'igra la'ara means from an upper story to a lower story within the same house and, and v'hadr me'kaddish. And Shmuel would make Kiddush again. So you see that according to Shmuel, according to Shmuel, even movement within the same home could trigger the obligation for another Kiddush. Now both say, now, obviously, again, movement within one room is not going to be significant. But it's possible, again, we'll further, further develop it. It's possible, according to Shmuel, that to go from one story to another story, one floor to another floor, from a roof to a basement, or any, any type of dramatic movement like that could trigger the requirement for another Kiddush in order for that Kiddush to be B'makom Suda. Also, also subscribes to this concept of in Kiddush al makom suda that you have to have Kiddush where you're having your meal. Let's listen to this. To Rav Huna Kaddish, because one time Rav Huna, <coughs> one time Rav Huna made Kiddush, is akir le shraga, and his candle went out. Right, he made Kiddush in his home, and halach la his candle went out, and now it was dark in the house. And what happened? So what's I say? He didn't want to eat his meal in the dark. So what did he do? So apparently, again, Rav Huna's son, Rabba, had just recently gotten married. And maybe it was even Shabbat Shabbat And what happened? So Rav Huna, the father, took all of his food and showed up at his son's house. His son's house, right? To have a shraga where there was light. So Rav Huna took all of his food, went over to his son Rabba's house where there was light. The Kaddish Vitaim Midi. And what happened? Rav Huna made Kiddish again. So what do you see from there? So remember again, what was the sequence of events? Rav Huna made Kiddish at home. Before he had a chance to eat his suda, what happened? The, light, the, the, the candle went out. He gathered up all of his food. He went to the home of Rabba, his son. And what did he do? He made Kiddush again. What do you see from there? Al-Makasavar in Kiddush Ella B'makom Sudar. But also you see clearly from there that Rav Huna holds, you need Kiddush where you're going to have your meal. Therefore, because again, Rav Huna never got to eat his meal. And also now I want to be clear. Remember, if you have multiple meals, no one is suggesting that you require multiple Kiddushim. Right? Remember again, once you fulfill your obligation of Kiddush, you're, you're done. So in other words, so for example, so again, th- this is actually an interesting topic that comes up because let's say I have Kiddush in Shul, but then I go home and have a Suda. So let's assume right now that I could be Yotzei Kiddush and welcome Suda, not even, right, just with Mizonos. So I'm in Shul, I go ahead and I make Kiddush and either I have, you know, another Revius of wine or I have a couple of cookies. Do I have to go home and make Kiddush again? Shabbos says, so the answer is, technically speaking, no. There is an opinion of the Gra who holds that Kiddush b'makom su'uda really means hamotzi. 
Hamotzi, that you fulfill the obligation where, where, where you are going to go ahead and watch. So we'll say, so people conduct themselves different ways in this situation. There are some people that once they say Kiddush with Mizonos, do not go back home. When they go back home, when they go back home, they don't go ahead and make Kiddush again. But those who are careful for the opinion of the Gra will make Kiddush again where they are going to wash. So I'm just pointing out over here, the case here, that's why the case here is very specific. Rafuna didn't eat anything. That, that's why this is a very specific case. He made Kiddush, never got to eat before the candle went out, took his stuff to his kid's house, shows up at Rabba's house, makes Kiddush again, and now eats. Va'af Rabba's savar in Kiddush al say, even Rabba, the son of Rafuna, also agrees that in Kiddush al Suda. Where do we see that? For Allah, say, very interesting. The Amr Abaye, Kiavina Beymar, let's listen to this. Abaye says, when we were in the house of Rabba, Kiavina Beymar, when we were in the house of Rabba, so what would happen? Kiavim Akadish, when Rabba would make Kiddush. So Abaye is describing that the Tamidim were at the house of their Rebbe, they were at the house of Rabba. Rabbi would make Kiddush, and he would say to us, he would say to us, Amrlan, ta'imu midi, eat something now at my house. So Rabbi would make Kiddush Ratamidim, and he would encourage them to eat something right then and there. Why? Dilma, because maybe by the time you get back to your lodging, it's just Tamidim. By the time you get back to where you're staying, Nisakra Lechushraga, maybe the candle is going to go out, you're not going to have any light. And you won't end up making Kiddush or having a Suda. In other words, maybe by the time you get back to your lodging, the light is going to be out, the candle is going to go out. You're not going to want to eat in the dark. You're not going to end up making Kiddush or eating anything. So the Gemara says, And you will have not been Yotze with the Kiddush over here that I just made. Why? The in Kiddush al makom suda, because there is no Kiddush makom suda. Therefore, Rabbi would encourage the Talmidim when he would make, so the Talmidim were at his home. When Rabbi would make Kiddush, Rabbi would encourage the Talmidim, eat something, eat something right now. This is your Yotze Kiddush makom suda. So I'll just point out to you, Tosas brings down over here, and this is Tosas, Divrei HaMaschal, B'Kiddush Kiso. Tosas says, it sounds like Rab is saying that if the Tamidim get back to their home and the candle's out, that they're just going to go to sleep. They're not going to eat a Suda. But how can you not eat a Suda? You need three Sudos on Shabbos. To which Tosa says something amazing. It's true, you need three Sudos on Shabbos, but no one says the first one has to be Friday night. In other words, technically speaking, if you want to eat three Sudos on Shabbos day, you absolutely have the ability to do so. Now, now remember, that being said, you need Kiddush Friday night. Right? Kiddush, you must have Friday. This is very important. Right? Because we'll say this could come up, let's say Shabbos starts late. I think we switched the clocks in a couple of weeks. The person says, oh, you know what? I'm going to eat an early dinner and I'm not going to eat anything Friday night. You can't do that. You can't do that because you must have Kiddush Friday night. Now, you could eat a light meal Friday night if you want, or you could just have maybe even an additional revius of wine. But Lamaisa, there must be some semblance of Suda in order to be Yotze Kiddush on Friday night. So he wasn't concerned about their Suda because you could always eat three Sudos on, on Shabbos day. So therefore, again, point of what we'll say is even Rabbah subscribes to this concept of Kiddush Makom Suda. So, so far, we've got Rabbah, we've got Rafuna, and we've got Shmuel. We've got a pretty powerful lineup over here of people who subscribe to the concept of Yesh Kiddush Makom Suda. Ini, is this so? Is this so, Rabbah say? Vaham Rabbaye, Abaye said, Kol mili demar. So we'll say, is this true that Rabbah holds Yesh Kiddush B'makom Suda 
in accordance with Shmuel. Yet Abaye says, Komili Dimar, in general, any the Piskaloch of Rabba, Hava Avid Kirav. Rabba always paskind like Rav. Now, both remember again, what does Rav hold? Let's go back. What did Rav hold by Kiddush and Shul? What did he hold? What did he hold? What did he hold? Your Yotze. Your Yotze, Kiddush and Shul. Which I will say, God, again, if you hold on to these sheets that's clear in your head, these sugis become much, much easier. So remember again, Rav held that halacha lemaisa, your yotze kiddush and shul. Why? You don't need kiddush b'makom suda. So I will say, so now we just got finished saying that Rabba holds like Shmuel. But Abaye says, one second, Rabba always holds like Rav, except for three cases where he held like Shmuel. What were the three cases where he held like Shmuel number one? Matirin mi begev lebegev. They're both say you could go ahead and take tzitzis that are tied onto one garment and retie them onto another garment, okay? Madlikim mi ner lener. That for ner Hanukkah, you could kindle one ner from another ner. In other words, they say you don't need to use like an intermediary candle, like a shamus candle. Instead, you can go ahead and kindle one ner Hanukkah from another ner Hanukkah. And lastly, Valacha Krab Shimon Bigreira. And the Halacha follows Rab Shimon in terms of dragging a bench. What does Rab Shimon hold? The sign Rab Shimon Omer, Gorer Adam Mita, Kisei Visaf Sal Bishab. It's a person that's permitted to drag a bed, a chair, a bench across a dirt area on Shabbos. Obilvad Shalo Yiskavin Lasos Kharitz. As long as a person does not intend to make a furrow. Rabbi say again, this is the sheet of Rav Shimon by a davar she'ino miskaven. That Allah HaLemais Rav Shimon holds that if you do something that may result in a halacha, sorry, in a, in a malacha, that may result in a malacha, but it's not your intention to do the malacha, that is called a davar she'ino miskaven, an unintended circumstance or an unintended repercussion and you're not chayef for that on Shabbos. So, we'll say, so again, we're not getting into these three cases, although they're quite fascinating, but Abai is asking Akasha. We just quoted Rabba as agreeing with Shmuel that yesh kiddush b'makom suda. Yet Abai says, I have a klal regarding my Rebbe, my Rebbe Rabba. And my Rebbe Rabba always agrees with Rav except for three cases where he goes like Shmuel. And the case, and the case of Shmuel are Tzitzis, Chanukah, Darashen, and which would seem to indicate that Abayi should hold, excuse me, that Rabbah should hold like Rab, that what? You don't need Kiddush B'bakom Suda. Yet Rabbah said, you do need Kiddush B'bakom Suda. What's going on over here? To which the remarks are very simple. Kechumri Dirav Hava Avid, Kikuli Dirav Lo Hava Avid. When we say that Rabbah conducted himself like Rav, he conducted himself like the Chumras of Rav, not like the Kulas of Rav. So he only conducted himself again like the stringencies of Rav, not like the leniencies. And I will say, of course, over here, Rav not requiring Kiddush B'makom Suda is a leniency, is a Kula, and therefore again, Rabbah does not subscribe to this. Therefore, I will say, what we have over here is as follows. Our fundamental machlok is between Rav and Shmuel about Kiddush Makom Suda. Shmuel telling me that I require Kiddush Makom Suda. Rav telling me I don't require Kiddush Makom Suda. Again, Nafkamina is brought down in the Gemara at Nafkamina number one. Kiddush and Shul on Friday night. According to Rav, your Yotze Kiddush. According to Shmuel, not Yotze Kiddush. And it appears, based on this sugya, everyone, everyone is lining up on the side of Shmuel. We've got Rabbah, we've got Abaye, 
all lining up on the side of all lining up on the side of Shmuel. Good. So we'll say something about goes weiter. Rabbi Yochanan Amar Af Yideyayin Nam Yatzas. We'll say now a third shita. A third sheet. Now, both sides. Now, remember again, the common denominator between Rav and Shmuel. Remember, let's go back for just a moment to the Kiddush and Shul case. The common denominator, what do Rav and Shmuel both agree on? What do they both agree? That Yedeyayin lo yatsa. Right? They both agree that when you go home and you want to drink more wine, that halachalamaisi, you have to make another bracha. Now, we'll say, why do you have to make another bracha? Hesachadas. Good. Because everyone is agreeing that a change of location by definition creates a lapse of bracha awareness. And whenever there is a lapse of bracha awareness, that triggers the need for a brand new bracha. We'll say, now watch this. Comes on Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, not when you make Kiddush and Shul. Not only are you Yotzei Kiddush, but you are also Yotzei Yedei Yayin. Wow. So according to Rabbi Yochanan, we'll say, watch this. It's Kedai to come to Shul. Right? You make Kiddush and Shul Friday night. Not only are you Yotze Kiddush, but what? When you go home and you want to drink another glass of wine, Gegizun Tahit, you're permitted to. No new bracha. Look at Rashpam for just a moment. Rabbi Yochanan, Afi de Yain Am Yotzu. Shein Tzorach Lach Tzor Levarech Al Yain. Shabbosoch HaSuda. Shahari Lo Hisiach Daito Biyitziyaso in Beisach Neses. Shadayin Daito Le'echov Elishtoso in Beisach Neses. It's incredible. Rabbi Yochanan says, there's no Hesach Hadas. There's no Hesach Hadas. Because also when I leave Shul, I got a one-track mind. What's my one-track mind when I leave Shul? Right? Wine. Okay. All right? Suda, we'll call it. Right? Suda. If it's, if it's wine, see me after Shia. Right? I'll say, but again, right? Wine. I'm having Suda. I mean, there's no Hesach Hadas. It's clear. When you go home for Shul, I'll say, again, I'm going home to eat my Suda. There's no Hesach Hadas in that. If Rabbi Yochanan holds it, Allah, when you get home, not only, do you have to, not, only do you have to, not only do you not have to make Kiddush, but again, your bracha on wine is covered as well. So the Gemara says, We're going to see over here. So remember, this is not a din in Shabbos. This is a din in Hilchos Brachas. Right? So Rabbi Yochanan is coming along and he's, he's introducing to us as this idea that maybe a change of location. You see, we, we assumed, now we assume, both Rav and Shmuel agreed that a change of location by definition represents a hesachadas for bracha's purposes, which triggers them the need for a new bracha. Rabbi Yochanan says, not necessarily. Now watch this. As Rabbi Yochanan Tamei, Dom Rav Chanan Barabaye, Am Rapidas, Am Rabbi Yochanan, Echad Shinui Yayin, Ve'echad, Am Rabbeis, Shinui Makom, Ein Tzarech Levarech. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan holds, Ten Allah Chalamaisa, Whether you have a Shinui Yayin, I will say, now this is actually very interesting. Rabbi Yochanan says like this, Let's say you're drinking wine over the course of the meal, and now they bring out a new barrel. You know, forget about bottles. We're talking about barrels. Right? So let's say you're in the middle of the meal, and they go ahead and they bring out a new barrel. New barrel of wine. Different kind of wine. Rabbi Yochanan says there is no need to make a new bracha. Now, I'll say, take a look at the Rashbam for just a moment on Amad Aleph. The Rashbam says, Let's say during the course of the meal, they brought out another barrel, another type of wine. And it has a different taste. Whether it's worse or it's better than the first wine. Both say you don't have to make another bracha. However, However, if the second wine is better than the first, you have to make a tova metiv. 
So this is actually very interesting. So Biochan is going to say, essentially, once you make a Brei over the course of the meal, that Brei covers everything and anything you're going to drink during the meal, even if they bring you out a new barrel of wine. Whether that new wine is worse or better than the first, you don't need another Agafa. Now, Rabbi Yochanan will agree that if the new wine they brought out is better than the first, although you don't need another Brei Priyagafa, you will make the bracha of Hatov Vahametiv. Hatov Vahametiv. So we'll say, so again, this happens in an interesting halacha that comes up very often, because this is true even practically speaking. Once you make hagafen, hagafen covers all of the wine you're going to drink during your suda. However, if you bring out, if you bring out better wine that was not on the table at the time you made your hagafen, you will make the bracha of hatov hametiv. So this is a very common situation. If you make, if you make, let's say you make kiddush on white wine, and then over the course of the meal you bring out red wine, and that red wine was not on your table at the time of kiddush. Halacha lemaisa, you you don't have to make another hagafen because the hagafen of kiddush covers all of your wine over the suda, but you will make another bracha of hatov hametiv. On that red wine. Hatova Metiv only goes from white to red, not from red to white. Okay, in any event, not our topic. I will say, but Rabbi Yochanan holds that Allah Lamais, you don't make another bracha on Shinoi Yayin or Shinoi Makum. So here you see quite explicitly, right? Ultimately, again, Rabbi Yochanan holds that Allah Lamaisa, if you change location over the course of a meal, you don't have to make another bracha on wine in your new location. Take a look at the Rashbam. Rashbam says, I'm in days now. So we'll say, by the way, this is not a din in wine. Of Yochanolt in general, whenever you're eating, if you started eating in location A and you move to location B, you don't have to make a new bracha as long as what? as long as you did not have a lapse of awareness. You both said, this is actually very interesting. According to Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel essentially hold that wherever there is a change of location, there is an inherent Hesachadas. And Rabbi Yochanan says, who says? Who says? Hesachadas is a function of my awareness. If I didn't have a lapse of awareness, I didn't have a lapse of awareness. So again, I leave shul. It's clear to me from shul, my, my stomach's grumbling. I know I want my suda. There's no hesachadas between my shul and the house. Therefore, Allah lamaisa, I'm yosi the hagafen in shul, and that covers my drinking over the, into the house as well. So we'll say this is the position of Rabbi Yochanan that shinui makom does not require a new bracha, and therefore, again, plugging this back in, therefore, as opposed to Rav and Shmuel who disagree on whether or not you're yotze kiddush in shul, but agree that you're not Yotze Yideyayin, you have to go make another bracha on wine. Rabbi Yochanan will say, not only are you Yotze Kiddish with the Kiddish and Shul, but you're even what? You're even Yotze Yideyayin as well. Quite dramatic. So, Mesvei, so the Gemara is the Kasha, Shinoi Makum Tzarech Levarech, Shinoi Tzarech Levarech. That where there is a Shinoi Makum, right, where you change location, you must make another bracha. But a Shinoi Yayin, if you change wine over the course of the meal, you don't need to make another bracha. To Yufta de Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, this refutes the position of Rabbi Yochanan to Yufta. Indeed, it is a refutation. So Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan's position is refuted, and Shinui Makom, changing location, does represent a halachic hesechadas, lapse of awareness, 
and would trigger the need for another bracha. Now, I will say, how this plays out in Hilchos Brachos, we're going to still see. It, it's not... It takes on different types of, takes on different types. It manifests itself in different ways, in different bracha situations. So let's see some examples. Yosef Rav Idi Bar Avin Kamei Rav Chista. Listen to this case. So Rav Idi Bar Avin was sitting before Rav Chista. The Yosef Rav Chista Vekar Mishel Rav Huna. Rav Chista was sitting and telling over Halacha Dein Bar Rav Huna. What was the Halacha? Had the Amrit Shinu Yimachum Tzarech Levarech. When we speak about the idea that a change in location triggers the need for a new bracha, because you will say, remember again, which is another way of saying, wherever there is shinui makom, what's the mechanics? Wherever there is shinui makom, there's what? There's what? Hesech hadas, a lapse of awareness, and therefore again, a requirement for a new bracha. So when we said, had the amrit shinui makom sarach levareich, listen to this, lo shano elami bayis lebayis. That's only true when there's what's called a dramatic change of location. I guess both say, what we would call better, maybe better way to say it is, there's a change of address. There's a change of address. Mi bias le However, ava mi makom le makom lo. But I will say, ultimately, again, from one, from, meaning, from one place to another, within this same, I will say it's interesting, in the, in Hagos Vitsiyunim, he writes it as, lo shalom bias le bias, ava mi pina le pina. From one corner to another corner, Ultimately, not like that. And I will say, Rashvam seems to indicate, and Rashi also indicates, Rashi is mimakom lamakom, this Rashi now, mibayis la'aliyah. So I will say, so this is actually very interesting. So you have Rav Chista saying, in the name of Rav Huna, when we say that shinui makom requires a new bracha, shinui makom in this context really refers to an actual change of address. One home to another home. But within the same home, even mibayis la'aliyah, from the rooftop terrace to the basement, that's not called Shinoi Makam. Now, what I want to point out to you is something very interesting, which is now you begin to see a distinction between what? Between what? Potentially between Shinoi Makam for bracha purposes versus what? Kiddush B'makam Suda. Because also remember, again, we floated the idea in Ahmed Aleph that maybe, maybe going from your rooftop terrace to your basement, maybe that would require a new Kiddush in the basement, or in the dining room for that matter. But it's interesting, well again, we'll, we'll get back to that, but again, we clearly see from Rav Huna that Allah for bracha purposes, shinoi makom, which represents a hesach hadas, which would then trigger the obligation for a new bracha, is only change of address, mi bayis le bayis. But movement within the same, within the same home, even dramatic movement, from the, te- from, from the rooftop terrace to the basement, that's not called Shinoi Makom. That's called still the same Makom, the same place, and wouldn't require a new bracha. Amur Rav Idi Bar Avin, Hachi Tanena Lei Bemasnisin, Debei Rav Hinnik, Va'amur Lei Bemasnisa, Debei Bar Hinnik, Kavasech. So we'll say, Rav Idi Bar Avin said to Rav Huna, okay, by the way, that which you just told us was explicitly taught in a Brisa. Was explicitly taught in a Brisa. The other Rav Huna, so then why is Rafuna saying it? If it's explicitly taught in Abraisa that Shinoi Makom is Dafka, change of address, but within the same home, even from the rooftop terrace to the basement, that's not called Shinoi Makom. So why is Rafuna just restating an obvious Braisa? To which the Gemara says, Rafuna Masnisa Okay, Rafuna didn't know the Braisa. So Rafuna is not coming to restate a Braisa. He did not know it. Good. Visu, furthermore, I'm going to say, so again, we're continuing this discussion, Visu. So we'll say, so now I have, I have Rav Huna 
ultimate, there's a very important qualification. So Rav Huna's position is, Shinoi Makom, again, only an actual change of address, what we call me bias le bias, but ultimately, again, a change of location within the same address, within the same home, that's not called Shinoi Makom. Visu, more. More to come. Visu, Yosef Rav Chista, the Kamar Mishmei Dinafshei. Furthermore, Rav Chista said the following, Had the Amrit Shinoi Makom, Sarach Lavarech, when we say that a change in location triggers a hasach hadas, which by definition necessitates a new bracha, lo, I'm listening to this, this is very exciting. This only refers to food items which do not require a bracha achrona in their original location. Avol, now watch this. But however, food items which require a bracha achrona to be, to be said in their original location, do not, that type of eating does not trigger the obligation for a new bracha, even in a second location. Now, Bosai, let's talk about this in just a moment. Take a look at Rashbam for just a moment. So, Bosai comes from, let, let's, let's talk about this outside, actually. So, Chista says, we're agreeing with the concept that Shinui Makom triggers Hasechadas, which ultimately then triggers the obligation for a new bracha. Rav Chista is qualifying this, and he says, when is that true? Only when you're eating the type of food that does not require a bracha achrona to be recited in the original location. But if you're eating a food which required a bracha achrona in its original location, eating in the second location will not require a new bracha. Now, why is that? So let's take a look at the Rashbam for just a moment. First of all, he says, well, actually, let's do this outside just because of time. So we'll say the distinction he's making is, let's say, water and f- water. So let's say water, you make a, a shackle, and only afterwards requires a brain of fashos. Where can you make your brain of fashos? Where can you make your brain of fashos? Anywhere you want. As opposed to, let's say, benching, or bracha achos main shalosh. So ideally, right, benching, or ultimately, let's say, alamichya, should be recited in the place where you ate. So what Rav Chist is now introducing is as follows. He says, if I began to, let's say, eat my meal, eat my meal, or eat the soup, eat bread in location A, and then I move to location B, I don't require a new hamotzi. I don't require a new hamotzi. Now, both say, now, why not? Go back to Rashbam for just a moment. Why not? Because my timer, now, both say, literally means because I'm going to return to the originally, original established place. Now, what does that mean? Look at the Rashbam. Now, when you read this phrase, what it sounds like Rav Chista is saying is, since ideally I have to bench in location A, I'm tethered to location A, and everything that happens, even in location B, is tethered back to location A. Then I both say, now according to Rav Chista, Love dafka that I'm coming back to location A. But since ultimately, again, my act of eating is tethered to a particular geographic location, anything that happens over the course of that meal, even in a subsequent location, is considered tethered to the original location, and therefore there's no hasachadas. We'll say, to say this a little bit simpler, Rav Chista says like this, essentially, where your act of eating tethers you to an original location, even if you switch locations over the course of the meal, everything is considered to be an extension of your original location. There's no hesachadas, 
and therefore no obligation for a new bracha. That's Rav Chistashita. Which I will say, again, I want to be clear. I may never come back to location A. Right? I just want to be clear. I may never, but because the act of eating that I've done has triggered the obligation for a bracha achrona, which is tethered to a particular location, even if I subsequently change locations over the course of the meal, everything I do is considered to be an extension of the original location. That's the sheet of Rav Chista. Rav Shesha says, Rav Shesha says no. I disagree. Rav Shesha says no. I, I, that doesn't make sense. Once you change locations, it doesn't matter what you're eating. Whether you are technically tethered to location A, not tethered to location A, who cares? At the end of the day, we look at where you are. And if you change location, by definition, change of location triggers the obligation for a new bracha. So we'll say, let's analyze this. Meisvei. Here we go. We'll say we'll just do this one line. Let's listen to this. Let's see. Have a chabura. Group of people. All of us are sitting together. We sat down to drink wine together. We sat down to have a suda together. And then what happens? We see a chasana procession passing by. So we all get up, leave the room to go ahead and say mazlov to the chasana and kala. So we've left the place that we're eating. So we'll say, when we leave, we don't have to go ahead and bench before we leave. And and for the moment when we come back and we want to continue eating, we don't have to make another bracha. We'll say, even though what? You know what's happened over here? What's happened? We left the location. We left the location. When is that so? That you don't have to bench before you leave. And you don't have to make a new bracha when you come back. When you left someone behind. Now, both say, it doesn't have to be a zakin or chola. The reason the Gemara used the example of zakin or chola is why? Is why? Because just the Pashas, that's the guy who's not coming. So as long as you left someone from the Chabura behind, that person left behind is the person who anchors the group in its place. But if you don't leave in others, if the entire Chabura leaves, then what? I'm sorry, you really should bench before you leave. And ultimately, again, when you come back, you have to make a new bracha. So, we'll say, so again, so what do you see from this? You see from this over here that the only way to prevent a new bracha well, the only way to prevent... Oh, well, let's see. The fact that it says that the group literally uprooted their feet. That means that you were eating something. You were eating something. Ultimately, again, we're going to stop over here. We're going to, I'm going to, we're going to pick up with this case in Yerat Hashem tomorrow. So, we'll say, so just understand what we're leaving off with over here. We're leaving off now with... A discussion. Here's what we know. We know that, well, at least we think we know, that Shinui Makum triggers an obligation for new bracha. The Shaila is under what circumstances? We have just clearly seen a case where a Hevra is eating, they're leaving the place where they're eating, and they're coming back. And yet the Brisa does not necessitate benching before you leave and a new bracha for when you come back. The circumstances of that, the Mirat Hashem, we'll see you tomorrow's shir. Shkarech